Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we are on Season 5, Episode 7, The Needle and the Omelette's Done. So we think this is a reference to heroin? Or rather, a reference to a song that is a reference to heroin? Yes, a Neil Young classic? Question mark? Second question mark. Okay, I'm just going to straight up tell you I'm not 100% positive who Neil Young is. Listeners, just imagine me blinking slowly, as if I'm a cat expressing my love, but I'm actually expressing the opposite of that emotion. He's the white guy blinking gif. I'm the white guy blinking gif. So, which one's Neil Young again? Let's go to the episode description. (laughs) When Grace accompanies Leo to dinner with some friends, she doesn't realize that he's tricked her, and instead introduced her to his real parents, and she soon regrets her earlier salty dialogue and suggestive attitude. Okay, does it really say dinner? It really says dinner. What the fuck? They went to brunch. The whole plot was brunch. The uh, episode title references the fact that they are at brunch. It also mentions that it's his real parents in... As opposed to his fake parents. Right, implying <laughs> that at some point off screen, Leo has introduced her to his fake parents, which I would have much rather seen. I would have rather seen him introduce her to fake parents to get the jitters out of the way and then introduce yep. her to the real parents than this garbage plot. I think that would be hilarious. Um, but let's talk about the other plots first, since Hulu didn't feel like doing that. Yeah, we're gonna do your job, Hulu. So, half of the episode title is a reference to needles, but in this case, it's It's not heroin heroin we're bumping, it's Botox. You don't bump heroin. You don't bump Botox either, but it did sound better. Do you know what bumps are? Snorting. Yeah, I understand what a bump is. Okay, you just didn't seem to. I was saying it at the same time as you were saying it. You just couldn't hear me. My microphone cut out. Right. <laughs> so Matthew has learned some new things about drugs today. Um, but yeah, so we'll get some Botox. This is kind of a, a funny intro because, like, it kind of, it's kind of trickling into the episode where, like, yeah. Aaron's talking about getting Botox and Will is, like, weirdly more interested than usual in hanging out with her. Yes. Um, but it, it results in him getting Botox. Like, there's right. there's no last-minute swerve. He just goes with Karen, and they're laughing, and he gets some Botox. And then he can't move his face. Yeah, there's a fun doctor. I don't know. Um, it, yeah, but it, it's sort of funny because we sort of see him wear this, like, sleeveless shirt at one point, and he's like, mm. am I too old for this shirt? And then Grace is like, no! And he's like, honestly, and she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, I really think it's, there's something quintessentially gay about being told you're too old to wear a shirt. And yes. thinking, well, obviously, if I get Botox, I would be able to wear this shirt. Like, literally, his response immediately upon getting the Botox is, I'm going to go put on my Abercrombie shirt. Like, <laughs> hilariously, I have, in my own personal life, encountered a very similar correlation between Abercrombie and gay men mm-hmm. and Botox. I used to work with a guy who used to work at Abercrombie who wore exclusively Abercrombie clothes despite being far too old for it. Oh, way, way too old. And frequently got Botox and lip fillers and all sorts of weird He probably saw this episode of Will and Grace and was basing his entire life around it. One time he told me he threw out his toilet seat because someone who was on their period peed in his bathroom. Wow. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm gay, so I can say this. Sometimes I wonder if some gay men are just misogynists. Yes. And they're just so upset with vaginas for existing that they're like, well, I guess I like dicks. But they don't like dicks. They're some, just misogynists. Sometimes things that are gay are, are worse. worse. 
<laughs> I think the funny thing about this plot line is that it is so weird. Like, I, I know that seems weird to say, but, like, Will and Karen plot lines are almost always, like, fun and not very serious. They almost always end in, like, a weird note of tragedy, though. They do, and this one is no different because Will, like, they get back home and Will's looking in the mirror and he's like, oh, no, I can't move my face. And that's just, like, kind of where the episode leaves it. Right, like, Grace comes in and, like, spills some big relationship news about her and Leo and then gets mad at Will because he can't move his face. Right. So but she... other than that, like, it just, it just, Karen's like, yeah, we got Botox. And then walks away and Will just, like, has this, like, Charlie Brown moment where he's just like, except not a Charlie Brown moment because he can't move his face. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a really weird note to end the plot on. Right. Because I don't think the bumper really feels like the ending. It feels like a kind of coda to the episode. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but we, I mean, we have some fun with this plot. Like, we see Will sort of, like, try to, like, Jedi mind trick Karen mm-hmm. into bringing him to the doctor. Because she, she had mentioned earlier in the episode that she's getting some Botox the next day. And so he's like, what, what are you doing tomorrow again? And she's like, oh, I can't hang out. I'm... Oh, mm-hmm. you want to get Botox. And, uh, and that's good. Yeah. And so then they have, like, a nice, like, bonding moment where they go to a piano bar and potentially make out, which, whatever. <laughs> um, and then there's also the moment in the doctor's office where Will is, like, trying to tell the doctor to, like, be gentle and, like, give him a warning. And then doctor's already stabbing him. Right. And then he, like, says, now, do you think I'm going to look young enough to wear an Abercrombie shirt? And then he just goes in again and hits him harder. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, I do want to say there is nothing wrong with looking your age. And sometimes you do have to admit that you're just too damn old for that Abercrombie shirt. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with being too old to wear clothes from your youth. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, most of them probably suck. Yup. It's true. Like, think about all the old t-shirts we've thrown out. I got really sad the day that my trip pants no longer fit me. But well, you know, admittedly, you don't count because you get sad throwing away, like, recycling. But, I mean, my tri- you know what trip pants are, right? I know what trip pants are. Okay, for those of you who may not know, including Matthew, because I'm pretty convinced he doesn't, they're, like, the really big baggy pants from Hot Topic in the mid-2000s that had, like, the chains on the back. Yes, we all know what trip pants are. So Matthew just learned something about drugs and trip pants today. <laughs> Anyways, but when I got sad when I had to throw them out, but really, that was a good call overall. Mm-hmm. We're all very happy that you don't jingle jangle when you walk. Are you accusing me of doing drugs, but only in Riverdale? <laughs> yes. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Jack this week, too. Jack. Jack gets another plot line that is, I think, B-plot size. I think they're both kind of equally mm-hmm. weighted B-plots. Um, Jack is in his acting class, and he's got a showcase, I guess is the best word for it. Yes. Um, and it doesn't go so hot. To be fair... He does a dramatic reading of I Will Survive, the classic gay anthem. First, I was afraid. I was petrified. <laughs> um, but it's so bad that it enrages Zandra. Yes, it makes Zandra wake up, which is a feat. Uh-huh. And the moral of the story is that as Jack and Zandra are yelling at each other, Zandra basically says, physician, heal thyself. But with acting. Yes, and so she tells Jack he has to teach the class now if he's so good. And I think my favorite part of this episode is that Jack isn't actually bad at it. He's maybe got to work on his bedside manner a little bit. And he's certainly not going to, like, become an accredited school of education. 
But yeah, he basically gives some tough love advice to a few people in the class on ways that they would be better able to book jobs. And then one of the people having taken his advice books a job. Right. Now, the advice is kind of bizarro. And a bit cruel. Yes. I mean, it's things like, you know, you're doing this PSA. Oh, that's boring. Why don't you just, like, smile through it? Right. And then the person's like, well, my husband died of lung cancer in the PSA. I don't think that's appropriate. And it's not for the PSA, but then she smiles so much that she gets a job at, with a toothpaste commercial. Mm-hmm. And it's this kind of fascinating thing where, like, on accident, Jack hits on this idea of, like, acting so you can make money. Right. Over, like, acting so you can become, like, a famous Broadway or film actor. Right. Like, he's treating it like it's a job. And, I mm-hmm. mean, it's not the worst approach ever because the more experience and jobs you actually the book, the more likely you are to get noticed by an agent who will actually get you into auditions for real things. Well, and it's not inconceivable that these people could make a living just doing commercial acting. I mean, people do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Or bit parts here and there. And, like, right. you just go into work and you like, do it a couple days and you get a new job. Like Right. That lady's clearly going to end up on Law & Order. Right. Exactly. Everyone in that room who uses Jack's teaching method will become a Law & Order guest star. Right. And so, like, his main, like, thesis of acting is that acting is attracting. So, mm-hmm. basically, he, he's like, just make yourself as hot as possible. And objectively, in a very, like... I mean, Jack's not doing a great job of that, because he's always wearing the sweater vests, and, like, it's not that time period. It's but, the like... mid-2000s. It was his thing. Right. But, yeah, he's just... He kind of makes a few decent points. The woman who gets the toothpaste commercial, he tells her to go whiten her teeth. Mm-hmm. So then her teeth are noticeably whiter, and she's you know, attractive for this job. Mm -hmm. And when you're working in a subset of an industry where, like, it is valuable to be attractive, like, I don't think Jack is saying, like, go out and have major cosmetic surgery, although that would have dovetailed really well with the plot line. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. No, me either. But I mean, like, it's basically just saying, like, be the best, most attractive version of yourself Mm -hmm. before you would go into an audition. Not actually that bad of advice. Right. Essentially, he's just telling people to raise what makes them marketable mm-hmm. and highlight it. Yeah. And he's not doing it on purpose. I'm not saying that this is out of the goodness of his heart. I genuinely think Jack is such a shallow person that he thinks all actors need to be hot. Right. I mean, he just genuinely thinks that's how you become an actor. And you know what? It worked for her. So, not the worst thing It's worked for him, too. You know? Kind of. So, ish. well, kind of-ish. But every role he's gotten has been because he's been either attractive or, in some way, attracted attention. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and then he storms out and presumably forms his own acting school. Right, because Zondra sure, comes back and it's just like, what the fuck? I'm sure we'll see uh, discussed at length and it's not just going to be a one-off thing. I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Jack this week. Future acting teacher extraordinaire. Yep. Okay, now we have to talk about Grace and Leo. <sighs> okay, first of all, it's brunch. They go to brunch and that's an important plot point. Because there are bottomless mimosas, so I can only assume Grace is drunk. Well, let's, to jump ahead of it, this was a frustrating plotline for me. Because it feels like, because of the size of the other two plots, a lot got left on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. The setup is that Grace goes to brunch, not dinner, with Leo, with Leo and two friends of his, quote-unquote. He says to our college professors. I don't know why she thinks Leo would be friends with a bunch of college professors Some people 30 are years older like than them, but... The point is that... They're his parents. They're his parents, and they're at this brunch, and Grace decides to act even more uncharacteristic than the show usually makes her act, and is just, like, 
basically acting like a moron. Right. And a, like a boorish asshole the whole time. Right. And Leo's reasoning for not telling her is because he knew she'd be nervous and he didn't want his parents to meet some phony version of Grace. But, but instead, I don't think... they meet, like, this obnoxious version of Grace, which isn't her either. Yes, and I the episode kind of doesn't... It seems like it was rewritten, not just that ep- scenes were cut. Because it seems to be making the argument that this is the real authentic Grace. And it's fucking not. But it's not. clearly not. This is clearly mimosa drunk Grace. Right. And it's not that... Leo could have identified that, wow, by not making this mistake, I made this mistake instead, and now my parents still haven't met the real Grace. Uh-huh. But it doesn't really do that. Nope. And, like, he also seems to think it's gone really well right. before uh, Grace gets there, which is really proving true that old adage that 50% of doctors are in the bottom half of their class. Yup. He's clearly in the bottom He's third stupid. of the class. Like, he, I mean, he probably graduated dead last. I guess these get degrees. I just mean this man is an idiot. Yeah. And this is just yet another sign that he's not a good partner for Grace. And so then they say, I love you over this. And it's yeah. just bullshit. They don't even really get in a fight about it. Like, Grace is just kind of like, oh, my God, I can't believe you let me do that. And then, like, takes out all of her anxiety on his parents. Right. By like, then subjects, she then subjects them to backpedaling. Right, which is worse. Yeah. And, like, you know, she, I feel like. The right move there would have been to break up with Leo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well put. But the, I mean, if she wasn't going to do that, because we know she's not going to, the right move there would have been, you know, to say, just honestly, like, I'm, I'm really embarrassed. I apologize. I did not realize I was meeting Leo's parents. I would have wanted to make a much better first impression on you. Right. I've had several drinks at this bottomless brunch, and I believe I was perhaps a bit, more than I usually would be. Well, and also, like, assuming that obnoxious Grace is real Grace. Like, if I was at brunch with a partner, and I was used to hanging out with the partner and friends in a very, like, cavalier, like, oh, I'm gonna razz you and you're gonna razz me kind of way, right? her behavior wouldn't be that outlandish. I hate saying that out loud, because I don't feel that is 100% true, but, like, there's an argument to be made. Right, that it's not that out of character. Right, and I think you could just say, like, oh, I thought you were his friends. I treated you like his friends, who are just his friends, and, like, you know what I mean? Like... Whose opinion doesn't really matter. Right. I I feel like sitcoms in general and society is a broader thing, like, make a big deal out of, like, how people tie themselves into knots to, like, impress their partner's parents. And, like, that's not that weird, right? It, it just seems like sitcoms in general tend to, like, sort of shame, like, the protagonist for being, like, going all out and trying to impress the parents. Mm. Like, we're, we're supposed to see them as foolish. I'm like, they should just be themselves. But, like... But, like, that's not that weird that's to try and impress weird. your partner's parents. Like... I, I, people obviously take it to extremes both in fiction and in real life. Right, and I'm not advocating that people should, like, completely contortion their personality to fit someone's parents' expectations. Right. But, like, acting a bit more polite um, than you typically would in just, like, a friendly setting. Right. Or, you know, not being mimosa drunk, like, are things that you typically do if you were meeting your partner's parents, especially for the first time. Generally, when you meet strangers, like, it's, like, the idea is, like, oh, I shouldn't completely, like, go unhinged and make fun of them for their chosen career path. But, like, when it's someone you know that, like, ideally you're going to want to, like, have a relationship with, like... Right. You might approach it more casually. It's like being nice to someone on a first date, you know? Or right. being nice to a teacher the first time you meet them. Like, it's the same category of things. It's like, you know that 
if all things go well, you want to have a relationship with these people. Right. So you're nicer to them than you would be a random stranger who you would plan on never seeing again. Right, exactly. And there's nothing... I think that television tends to present meeting the parents and trying to put a good first impression out there as, like, some sort of, like, intense falsehood. Right. But, like, it's not. It's, like, it's kind of like a job interview. Right. You're not lying, but you're highlighting your good qualities so that you seem like a better candidate. Well, and it also, like, what we have in this episode is Leo basically, like, tricks Grace because he knows that she's going to be nervous about this thing. Uh -huh. But it's totally valid for her to be nervous about. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit that he did that. He should have just said, hey, I know you're really nervous about this, so let's do it in a really low-key way. Right. I just... It is just frustrating that Grace keeps getting paired with these people who are presented on paper like they're great. And they're awful. Right. Like, I don't know what I have to do. Do I need to get in a time machine, go back in time, become a therapist, then go back in time to a different time and get all of the Will and Grace writers into therapy? Like, what is it going to take? But, like, seriously, it's just, it's very frustrating to see this man just sort of, like, decide single-handedly how the situation's going to play out and then dare to act offended when she is reasonably upset about this. I just, I feel like the Will and Grace writers don't seem to understand how to have Grace have a relationship where her partner puts her into complicated situations that she as the protagonist has to solve uh -huh. without making that person an asshole. Right, like, they, I mean, like... Or making Grace an asshole. Right. Watching Grace solve the problem of meeting his parents on the fly is still an interesting plot line if you don't have Leo lie to her. Right. Like, because I could, I feel like taking the manipulation aspect out of it and it was just, boom, I knew you'd be nervous, so I brought them to brunch and didn't tell you. Would be right. a lot different than, I brought them to brunch and didn't tell you who they are. Right. Because there's, like, a whole nother layer to that where, like, like, we're watching him trick her. We're yes. not watching him set her up in a situation that isn't positive and then she fails. Like, right. that's a whole nother level. Like, he's, like, I'm sorry, but this is manipulative. Yeah. Because he wants them to meet the real Grace. But that's garbage. And... I mean, I don't think his parents have clearly ever met the real Leo. Right, yeah. And Except I mean, now, apparently. Also, like, he seems to think that this went super well. Her, his parents seem to hate her. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what... It's, what did they feel like about the other people that he brought her? That, you know what I mean? Like, seriously. Also, like, <sighs> there's nothing wrong with feeling intimidated about meeting someone's parents for the first time. I am still intimidated about meeting friends' parents mm -hmm. for the first time. It's intimidating. Right. Parents shape who this person is. They have a lot of input in play. Like, even if they're not around, they have a lot of input. Yeah. Like, it's, ugh. It was just a very frustrating plot line. Mm -hmm. And I really want to go to a brunch buffet now. Yeah. It was really rude of Will and Grace to have this plot line take place at brunch and then not be any good and make us want brunch at the same time. Yeah. So, what are you going to do? Yep. All right. I think that's all we have for this episode. Yeah. Tess, do you want to tell everyone where they can find us online if they want to tell us more about brunch? Yes. Let's talk about brunch online. So our main uh, social media platform that we use is our Twitter page. We are at Not A Couple Shell, but we're also on Facebook, on Tumblr. Uh, you can send us an email at our email address, which is notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. And our episodes can be found on iTunes and Podbean. All right. Uh, so next week we'll be back with a double episode. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to watch the next two episodes back to back as they aired. We probably should avoid saying the name of it because it gives the entire plot away. Yeah. If you've been listening and you've managed to stay spoiler free. Congratulations. Congratulations. Somehow. Uh, 
we will talk to you about that particular double episode next week. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about it. Plenty. All right. Thank you so much for listening this week. Yeah. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not a Couple. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. I'm sorry it's so hot, Eliza. Winter is coming. This episode of Not a Couple is brought to you by brunch, the most important meal of the day for the gay, even if you have to sit through it.